He was just a lonely dreamer, so lonely every night, and his world was full of laws he must obey. She was just a silent thinker, silent every night. He'd enjoy the thought of stealing her away. Well, he was never quite content and never a conformer, and he knew now was the time to chase his dream. But he only knew his problem when he gazed upon her. She was the finest thing he'd ever seen. Cry freedom for the woman in the box, brave traveler, trapped within a paradox. I hear. Cry, echo through time. I hear her voice from deep within the box. Made a home from scraps and tatters. Found a family of strays, especially for the woman in the box. They tumble through the vortex with rarely a care. Together, writing all the wrongs they found, vanquishing the evil and then fading to thin air with a strange, unearthly, wheezing, groaning sound. Then at last, her chance. There she stood before him, nine centuries of friendship, hope, and grief. For she was his true wife, loyal and adoring. The story of a lover and her thief. Cry freedom for the woman in the box. Brave traveler, trapped within a paradox. I hear her cry echo through time. I hear her voice from deep within the box. Made a home from scraps and tatters. Found a family of strays, especially for the woman in the box. In the box. In the box. In the box. Oh no, not again. What? The equipment's not working. None of the microphones are responding. It's, well, it's like our mixing desk has lost its soul. Are you sure you've plugged everything in? Yes. And the little switch at the back is in the right position? Yes. <laughs> hello. Oh, oh, hello, hello. Who are you? I'm I, I, I'm Max, and now, 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 I'm whispering. Now, now, I'm shouting. <laughs> and now, yes. Uh, now, now, I'm speaking at normal volume. Why does this always happen to us? What do you mean? Well, why does whatever happens on the most recent episode of Doctor Who? Always happen to our podcast a few days later. Explain yourself using words. Well, he's blatantly the soul of our mixing desk trapped in the body of a human man, isn't he? Ooh, <laughs> Ooh you're peek, peeky, peeking, peek, you're, you're peeking, peek, peekaboo. What? I bet you he is. 
So this is like the time we slipped into the dream dimension after Amy's choice. Or when I got erased from history after Flesh and Stone. Yeah, or when we suddenly gained a childhood friend called Kevin last Christmas. Come on, guys, that's mental. It's not like we got stuck in exactly the same dimensional space as a parallel podcast last week, was it? We're not that predictable. Well, that was only because you couldn't be bothered to finish the script. Shut up. Ha ha, look at all this stuff. Ha <laughs> oh, oh, additional sound effects. Uh, I'm, 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 ri- I'm riding a horse in a rainstorm <laughs> whilst playing a trumpet. Ah, <laughs> uh, there, there's a dwarf. How do you do a dwarf sound effect? Forget I asked. What do you want, Max? Why couldn't you have been a hot girl, Max? I'm not complaining. Panning. Left. Very, very left now. Still left. Left. Extreme left. Right. 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 Centre. Left. Right. (laughs) I like a chipmunk. (laughs) Well, I like him. Ah, well, I like you too, tiny man. Oh, of course he likes us. Every week we spend hours on end twiddling with his... No, no. Not happy. How can we get you back in the mixing desk, Max? Well, I can't. We can't? I'm lying. About what? I'm lying down. Look, I'm beat. <laughs> Here's a beat. What will happen if we can't record the podcast? I don't even want to think about it. We may need to get used to the very real idea that no one will even Beep. notice. Beep. 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 What's happening now? He's flatlining. His body can't take the pressure of hosting the immense complexity of our small-scale podcasting equipment. I'm melting. He's dying. Quick, plug the phono leads into his ear. Will that help? Almost certainly not. Damn it, man! I'm a podcaster, not a doctor! It's working. He's downloading himself back into the mixing desk. He's going to be okay. Farewell, my friends. And thank you. Thank you for what? For keeping me talking until I died. Don't mention it. And Max? Yes? Could you play the theme tune? Max! Hello and welcome to Season 3, Episode 17 of The Wondrous Oodcast. With me this week is Laura Simpson. All right, Chris Alpha. Hello. (laughs) And Andrew, the handyman Candish. Yo, dudes. And I am Chris Sigma. Welcome to what I think is going to be a rather fun episode of our podcast based on one of the most fascinating and brilliant episodes of Doctor Who in recent history, possibly, possibly ever. Certainly my case, ever. There we are, already blown my opinion. I'm not you already know exactly what I think of it. But I don't care. I don't care at all. I'm just going to get the Oodcast news out of the way so we can start talking about it. Bye! Oodcast News. Welcome to the Oodcast News. 
The cyber protest group Anonymous have announced they have succeeded in hacking into their latest target, the TARDIS. However, they were disappointed at the lack of valuable data. A spokesman for the group said it was hopeless. All we could find out were things about large chins and biting. Exciting news today of another Doctor Who spin-off as the BBC announced House, a thrilling new series about a cantankerous character played by a noted British actor who fixes various health-related ailments using spectacularly idiosyncratic methods. Early audience buzz have praised the programme for being completely and utterly original and like nothing else on TV. My one's a house one as well, so... Just go for it. The Shadow Proclamation has issued an unreserved apology for disrupting the filming of House. The owners of a scrap metal merchants in South London last night claimed to have found pieces of a working TARDIS in their yard. Astrophysicists and car mechanics later identified it to be the 1976 Vauxhall Viva with an oversized broken lava lamp in the boot. And finally, a piece of personal news. Yes, we're pleased to announce that the Oodcast team have been offered new premises and have moved into a tiny bubble universe at the end of space and time. It's a real find, cheap rent, plenty of interesting stuff to look at, and a fantastic landlord. All future podcasts will come from this location. We'll continue to write sketches, record reviews, sing songs, and and do my bidding. If you're a Time Lord, why not come and have a free studio tour? Podcast News. Off to bed with you, Pons. You need to rest. Doctor, do you have a room? Rory, don't. Of course I do. Want to see it? Of course you do. Come on, follow me. There. Now, what do you think? Where do you sleep? Well, you see the hook in the ceiling over there? You hang from that to sleep? No, my bed's underneath. You have bunk beds too? Of course, why not? It's got a ladder and everything. Why is the top bunk not made up? Well, I don't sleep up there, do I? Doctor, what's that? Ah, now, this is great. A present from the Emperor Z of the Raxacolian Nebula. Yes, but what is it? A hat box for my fez. But it's the shape of a... Fez, yes, I know. Brilliant, eh? And this? Ah, now, that's the wardrobe where I keep my old incarnation's favourite clothes. You know, just in case I rip mine or just feel a bit nostalgic. What's through here? That's the swimming pool. Nothing like an early morning dip. Or one before bed, hey, Rory? Okay then, um, we're going to open up the review now. So I will start by asking Mr. Chris Alpha what he thought of this brand spanking you brilliant, amazing episode of Doctor Who. I put a comment on Facebook on late on Saturday night saying that, um, that I don't say this very lightly, but it was possibly one of the very few flawless Doctor Who episodes I've ever seen. I loved it from the moment it started. To, to the moment the credits kicked in at the end and probably for a lot longer afterwards. I would agree with you. <laughs> I'm being a brilliant chairman this week. <laughs> I'm just going to go, anyone? Okay, Laura, Laura, you're looking, you're fluttering your eyelids at me in a coquettish way, like you might want to say something. Yes, I do, yes. Um, I think that for me, the dialogue in particular was what sold it. I mean, the delivery of said dialogue, dialogue was perfect, but um, it almost had a sort of... A, 
I'm going to say it, a Sorkin-esque quality. And, a Sorkin-esque? And just such a playful delivery, particularly by auntie and uncle, who I thought were cracking good. But just, I don't know, the emotional intensity of it, the easy humour, the cleverness of it, I loved. Can I, I loved. ask what is Sorkin-esque? Sorkin, Aaron Sorkin. Oh, from the West Wing. I agree uh-huh. with you about auntie and uncle. It would be so easy to mm. make them, I don't know, just some boring bad guys, but they were... They were charming, they were kooky, they were just these glorious little creations, weren't they? And they just mm. had the most brilliant death scenes where they just sort of stopped talking <laughs> mid-sentence and killed mm. over and that was Actually, the end of them. I feel fine. <laughs> <laughs> Did anybody think that they were slightly like, um, I don't know if anybody's seen that play with, you know, the people who live in dustbins. Yes, it, w- it was very Beckett. Beckett, yeah. Beckett. Uh, that's called cool. Endgame, is it? Yeah. Endgame, yeah. yeah. It was yeah, so quite reminiscent that of that. A bit more. <laughs> kind of okay. grotesques. Yeah. Mm. Sort of, Bill, and, yeah. Bill and Ben, the flowerpot men. Yeah, but I... I- of the apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> they could have been uh, waiting for Godot, but waiting for Time Lords. They were quite mm. that way mm. inclined, mm. weren't they? House? Yes, Auntie. How's your foot? Well, that's the thing, isn't it, my sweetums? It's not a foot, is it? Isn't it? No, it's a lung in a shoe. I don't know what you're talking about. Far be it from me to complain, but you've been getting a bit creative lately when you're fixing us, I mean. I only use the best body parts. I've no doubt it's true, my darling, but they're not always a very good fit. I mean, two left feet is one thing, but... Yes? My new eye socket is a belly button. What's wrong with that? Nothing. Nothing in and of itself, but it's just my new belly button. Is an eye socket, yes. I suppose I could have thought that one through better. And it's not just me. Uncle's new nose keeps growing every time he looks at a pretty girl. But that's adorable, like Pinocchio. I'm not sure it's the same thing. Possibly not. I think it all reached a bit of a head when you replaced his lymphatic system with some fairy lights. I think it looks pretty. Pretty it may be, Sugar Plum, but the next time he gets a cold it'll be curtains. Which is ironic, considering what his torso is made of. Look, I don't have time for this. You're my servants, my playthings. You walk on my back and you amuse me, and in return, I fix you. I understand. You're the house. You shelter us from the cold. It's just... Yes? What? Out with it, woman. Look, is this some sort of dramatic pause or something? (coughs) Oh, right. Your jaw's just fallen off. Silly me. Don't worry. I've got just the thing. Now, where did I put that frisbee? I think picking up on the fact that those two characters were so good was that, A, you've got the amazing, fantastic script, but B, you've got some superb performances. And this was one of those episodes where everything came together for me in a perfect way. I just want to do a big shout out to Sharon Jones. I don't think it was because I don't think it's the sort of part you associate with her necessarily. And for somebody to play the TARDIS... And to play it so well and to play it in a way that is, um, you know, TARDIS on legs. TARDIS in human form. I I imagine. (laughs) I I I just want to say hello. And that was so touching. I don't don't want to say goodbye. I haven't Mm. haven't had a chance to say hello yet. Mm. Mm. I loved her. I mean, there was a bit of Talking Confidential, which Laura and I watched last night, about how do you get someone to play the TARDIS? They've got to be, they can't just be a babe. They can't just be good, straight out good looking. They have to be 
uh, a mother. They have to be ancient. They have to be wise. They have to be mad. Mm. And she was just mm. all these things. I, I, I really fancied Absolutely it. Absolutely. Right Lauren. from the... Oh. With the chill in this room. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh. She is glorious, though, wasn't she? <laughs> She's very good. And I like seeing her with her eyebrows again. Because, my, my tenses you know, there. <laughs> very strange to not have eyebrows. Oh, yes. In the Mona Lisa yes, and Sarah Jane, Jane beforehand. But a complete uh, tonal change, which, of course, you would expect because she is an actress. But mm. for me, I knew it was going to be a great episode right from the beginning when we had the... Uh, I wish I could go with you, but then again, maybe not, because it's really gonna hurt. (laughs) That is really funny. I mean, so much quotable dialogue. um, And I think uh, my favourite thing was the TARDIS discovering how to be human, or actually more than that, Mm. discovering how to be a linear being, Mm. how to be in one place. Mm. And the thing she came out with, uh, that's (laughs) quite inspired me. She bites. Oh, do I? The TARDIS Guide to Being Human Biting Like kissing, but someone wins Kissing Like biting, but pointless Singing Like shouting, but more pleasant Laughing Like shuddering, but hilarious Touching Like looking, but closer Slapping Like touching, but harder Licking Like touching and slapping, but with nutritional content Regret Like wisdom, but too late Late. Like early, but in the other direction. Cheese. Like milk, but older. Knocking. Like punching a door. Jumping. Like flying, but very brief. Smelling. Touching for noses. Skipping. Indecisive walking. Surprises. Not knowing. Sleep. Like off and on. Deja vu. Close to normal. Dreams. Like rooms, but only you can walk through them. I, I think I the thing biting. for me that made it so special was the fact that it was basically just a very simple concept. Put the TARDIS in a person and it just became mind-blowingly, I don't know, it had everything. It was emotional, it was funny, it was incredibly clever and intricate in its own way as well. And it was just mm. that the fact that it started from just a simple m- mad idea. It's just that that to me was the I've thing. I've just not... It. Completely. I've just not stopped thinking about it. You know, it keeps, I'm just thinking how good it was. It's amazing you said mm. that, actually, Alf, because Neil Gaiman talks about taking one idea and then mm. building it out of that. And he great, said... Great that, minds think alike. Well, obviously. yes, obviously, yeah. <laughs> yep. And there was, it's just that conversation in the middle where the doctor goes, why, are you, why aren't you reliable? Why mm. And, mm. and she says, um, I have it here. I always took Take you where you needed to go. To go. Yeah. And he said that was the story... That was the conversation. Everything grew out of that that kernel mm. in the middle. So powerful. I I think I cried <laughs> multiple times during this episode. It was it's, yes, it? yes, he did. <laughs> oh, it was beautiful. And Matt Smith put in a beautiful moment as she fades away, where he he goes, "I don't want you to go," and he nearly cries. And that was so well pitched by Matt Smith that I welled up big time there. And then he he does a little sniff, doesn't he? And he just recovers mm. and carries on. And it's yeah, so doctory. She's being watched. Yeah, <laughs> just a whole She's host of really big um, emotional moments for Matt Smith throughout the thing. Like, for example, the bit where he goes, "I, I, I don't know what to do." Yeah, that's mm. a first. Yeah. <laughs> and also that funny. amazing bit where Amy, who continues to impress, I have to say, Karen mm. Gillan, yeah. much more rounded, rounded in a character sense. She's always been rounded in another sense. Um, much 
better performance, but she she perceives exactly what's going on when he's excited about the Time Lords. She was like, she's like, you want forgiveness? And there's this brilliant Matt Smith line where he turns around and almost swallows the line and says, don't don't we all? Mm. <gasps> oh, mm. yeah. Mm. And uh, well, the whole interplay between a- Amy and Rory was fantastic the whole way through. Just really, really well fleshed out from him just assuming that the Doctor can do anything because... He's he's a more, if you like, he's more a traditional companion in a way. It's like the Doctor is, is still a superhero to him. Um, and and Amy saying, well, he's just a Time Lord. That's just his name. That's not, doesn't mean that doesn't he can do everything. Perfect. Doesn't yeah. mean he's perfect. But then her vulnerability <laughs> and wanting to hold his hand. But then the ultimate sort of fridge terror moment for me. I don't well, know if it's... fridge terror? Um, there's a definition somewhere on the internet. Go look it up. But basically it means it's something that, at the time, you just think, oh, well, that's bad. But then later, when you actually start thinking about it, it's the kind of thing that will keep you awake at night thinking, oh, no. I thought it was some um, of those, that stuff that you leave in the fridge and then you come back to it three weeks later and it's grown its own kind of mm. life system. <laughs> no, well, not fridge quite. magnets go bad. I mean, this, this just grew its whole load of plot lines in my head of, of horror. Rory ah. in the middle, of, well, ancient Rory. And saying they come every night yeah. and they hurt me, they hurt me, and then thinking, I who are they? Who? I yeah. thought I thought those scenes were more immediately scary. Personally, he wasn't. Can I, he wasn't real though. That that no. wasn't Rory. He didn't experience all that. No, did I he? don't think no. so. Well, perhaps it wasn't actually a a um, invention of House. I think I like to think that House is capable of manipulating time up to the point where he could effectively isolate. Rory for that period of time I think he could but then Rory came around the corner s- mm. just a few minutes later and didn't seem particularly mm. phased to unless he'd, he might have gone through it and then how had about, his memory wiped how about this guys the um, the TARDIS matrix i.e. Uh, Idris uh, as she became is exists all across time so maybe the TARDIS is capable of uh, shifting time around within itself I really think that's true mm. I'm sure it can I think Rory is evolving into this sort of... Well, he's like the Kenny of the Doctor Who universe, isn't he? He dies over and over. Or the red shirt. I I noticed this morning that somebody has used what we came up with. I don't know whether it's autonomous on their own or whether they (laughs) used our idea, but somebody has done a, 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 oh, my God, they killed Rory T-shirt. Really? (laughs) Oh, that is excellent. Why did you change console rooms anyway? The old one looked nice. I can change whenever I like. I just have to do a little rewiring and flick a switch, that's all. Yeah, right, like you have that much control over it. Oh, so you want a demonstration? Yes, I, I do. Right, wait here. Just patch this onto that, mm-hmm. move this thing over here and okay. plug it into this. Done. Oh, really? Yes, look, if I just flick that switch there, I can change the desktop theme. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you sexy thing. Leopard skin, isn't it? Primal. It's horrible. Try the next one, please. All right, all right. Here we go. What do you reckon? Is that a fish? Of course it is. This is the under the sea theme. Yeah, but that looks real. Well, when I said desktop theme, it's more of a desktop experience. Are there others? Of course. Victorian London. Hello there, my pretty one. How much for a good time? What? Who are you? Well, people call me Jack. Doctor! 
a mysterious grassy knoll. Ah. Hastings, 1066. Look, there's Harold. Oi, Harry. Oops. Ah, this one's good. Revolutionary France. Doctor. Ah, yes, and the fireside theme. That's it. We're getting an interior designer. Now, I have to say, you bringing up the bit about the TARDIS corridors, I felt that was the least successful bit of the episode. And I think that was confirmed to me when I was reading what Neil Gaiman had to say on it. Mm. And he said that the original script had them visiting different rooms. It felt to me like the bit of the episode that had suffered because they just couldn't afford to do everything in that spectacular brain of his. Um, I did feel those were filler bits. I just wanted to get back to the Doctor and Mm. Idris the whole time. Mm. Um, I thought they were fine, uh, but I thought the set was a little bit cheap. And I thought what happened there was it felt like, you know, sort of something had to be happening to them while the, the new TARDIS was being built. It wasn't bad, mm. but it was the least successful part it of the episode. It didn't detract. It didn't make it bad at all. No. No. Do I, you know the bit? It did look like it was happening in the same stretch of corridor over and over again. Mm. It was. They even got a toilet seat moment in there, you know, with the, what do you do with the door? You push it. You're meant to pull it. <laughs> it's a bit like the husband and wife kind of. Oh, I know what you mean by supposed to leave the toilet seat up, but you no, leave it's it down. down. It's uh, down. Are we, going, are we just going for household... No, husband wife moments, you know. (laughs) The doctor definitely does domestic now, doesn't he? Mm -hmm. So, doctor, sorry, didn't catch your name? I didn't give it to you. Doctor will do. There's no need to be snippy. I'm here to enhance your life. Yes, well, it's not my life I'm worried about. It's the TARDIS. Can I take this blindfold off yet? Of course you can. Finally. (gasps) What have you done? Well... I've studied your lifestyle and your dress sense, and I went for something like hobo chic, with slightly more eclectic approach when it came to finishing touches. Finishing touches? Well, you know, tasteful knickknacks that really bring out the soul of the space and put it on display for all to see. What did you do to the controls? Oh, you mean that disorganised collection of tat all mounted in that strange display case? The controls, yes. Well, we moved most of those and we turned it into a nice coffee table. What? Don't worry, it's oak. It will last an age. And we used the latest wood stainer, which antiques the appearance considerably. And the time rotor? Oh, the the, the column? Yes, the column. It's still there, dear. I know. Why is it a funny colour? I've covered it with gold leaf, all the rage in Surrey. But I liked the green. And while we're on colour, why are the walls that funny whitish colour? That's magnolia, love, not white. Same thing in my book. And don't call me love again. Only one person calls me that. And after today, I don't think they will again. See? So, do you like it? Oh, I love it. Hmm. I just need to lean here for a moment on the coffee table so I can appreciate it more. Oh dear, I'm so sorry. What have you done? Where are we? It appears I lent on a control that you missed and uh, deleted the room. (laughs) This is a spare. Oh Well, I can see I'm going to have my work cut out here too. I suppose you'll be needing to pop out and get your paintbrushes and whatever. The door's this way. 
Of course. See you in a mo. I am so sorry, old girl. I didn't get the bit where Amy asks him if he's got a room and Rory says, no, come on, not other way around. Rory asked the doctor. Oh, yeah, other way around. Yeah, I didn't get that bit. Which, didn't it's just no one ever talks about yeah. the doctor's room. So it's just a kind of a bit of a fan Oh, thing. it's a little fan and joke, yeah. No, I liked it. I thought it was sweet. Like, he he always stays around the TARDIS. He probably sleeps on that little mm. chair to the side and doesn't need to go mm. elsewhere to do the that. The TARDIS is his room. Although it, it, did, it did strike me that maybe Neil Gaiman's got slightly more licence than some other writers to start asking the questions through characters that fans always discuss. Mm. And he does, add, he does add some interesting things. Mm. We know that the TARDIS was definitely in a museum yeah. when he stole it. We know why it was unlocked. We know why he was allowed to steal it now. Yeah. We also know, and this is a real poke in the eye for me, um, because I've said that this is not the case on many occasions, that Time Lords can change gender. That is now canon. Well, we know I that Time you. Lord. Yeah. We, we know that particular <laughs> Time Lord. If change. he can do it, then uh, other ones everybody can. Everybody else can. Yeah. Come on. It's about as hard and fast as Oh, you're just sore, loser. Lives, you're sore, you're sore. True. Which but, is another thing. In the live chat that Neil Gaiman did on the Guardian blog yesterday, as we record this, um, somebody asked him about the 13 lives thing and he says, he said in reply that it's, he sees it a bit like a law as in like the speeding limit in that if there is someone there to enforce it, then that is what they have to stick to. But then it's always been malleable because the master was given a whole new regeneration cycle. So, you know, there's nobody there to re- to enforce it now. So perhaps he can do more. It's just a little more dangerous. We've actually talked about that on this podcast. Are the laws of time Mm. physical laws like the law of gravity Mm. or are they more, as you say, like a speeding limit Mm. law? Maybe the the gender thing is the same. If there are time laws there to enforce it, then they stay as one. I'm happy. Now it's canon. That's fine. But beforehand, I really thought that wasn't the case. Um, Should I I mention the fact that now the swimming pool's been jettisoned it's not going to happen. But it, it, that's, the you know, the thing is... had scenes in the show. Yeah, before. that's right. So when our friend was making mm-hmm. it, that was going to be part of it. Then mm. obviously the budget got moved around and they shelved that idea. I'm not so sure that would have saved you from buying drinks again. <laughs> well, no one asked me for a drink, luckily. But um, yeah, it, it does look like it's not going to happen now. Um, although, now we know that the TARDIS can save things as a kind of a desktop feature backup. Archive archive thingy there's no reason that she couldn't yeah. have saved that oh yeah go no, for a little bit back. of a dip or yeah. create a new funny. one yeah i mean they might have to save river song again at some point from falling <laughs> <laughs> amy rory open the pillow room the trampoline room. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite simpsons thing ever if you seen where homer falls into a pillow factory but he just falls <laughs> onto the roof <laughs> he really hurts himself <laughs> <laughs> So any other bits that people want to point out? I have one more, which I loved, which was that the Doctor talked about his old umbrella. I like oh, it yes. when the seventh <laughs> incarnation gets mentioned. That's really nice. I, I like the... It's quite hard to pick out individual pieces for me, which is unusual um, because I just... Yeah, I, the first time I watched it, I was enthralled. From I didn't really think about it very much. It was just... <sighs> I didn't really like the weird snaky screensaver slakes of light that went around at the end. Oh, I loved it so much. Don't they look great in HD? Blimey. Um, oh, all right. I'm the only one without HD. <laughs> I mean, I was watching it through a sheen of tears, I guess. So, But I really loved it. What, what, you just didn't like the effect? Yeah, I was just a bit kind of 
meh about it. Really? And also, I couldn't really hear what Matt Smith was saying at that point because he kind of went into shouty frantic mode. And I was like, no, just a little bit quieter. So and I Chris can hear was you. crying next to you. Yeah, I was <laughs> howling. I was so like caught up in that bit. It was great. Uh, there was just a few little little design points that I loved. I loved the fact that the TARDIS had a green l- flashing light on the top when House was in residence. Mm. Um, I loved the fact that Amy, when she thinks of delight, the feeling of delight, yeah. it's her wedding the day. Wedding. I yeah. thought that was incredible. Mm. And I'm very, very interested in the only water in the forest is the yes. river. River. Mm. Yes, and he said yesterday that he had the significance of that line explained to him by Stephen Moffat. Well, the first time we see River Song is in the forest. forest. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty interesting too. And just for Sandman fans, I thought that the TARDIS was exactly, uh, spoke exactly the same as the character of Delirium in the Sandman. Yeah. It was was basically the same character. And it was a bit cheeky that he'd fitted in Delight there as well. Yep. Because delirium used to be delight. I, I have actually now. Now I thought about it. Two things. Slight, um, one is I was delighted to find out who did the voice of House. Yeah. Afterwards, having avoided all the spoilers, um, I went back and watched it again just to see if I could work out it was him from the voice, and I couldn't. He is an amazing, <laughs> so he's a great who vocal is it? talent, Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen. Oh, really? Yep. Mm. And secondly, I know I saw a few things go up on on Twitter about Russell T Davis being credited. Mm. In at the end, and the I don't ood. see why that's a big thing. I no, can't, he he can invented be. the oud. That's what he was credited for. Nah. Yep. Well done, Russell. <coughs> it's a good thing to have invented. <laughs> yeah, we liked I, it. <laughs> I'm not sure why that's a thing people needed to discuss. Okay, to wrap up at the end, I would like from you, and we haven't prepared this, so I hope you're okay with it. Your favourite line of dialogue, you're just the thing that made you punch the air. But you know, what do you think the best line of dialogue was? And then anything else you'd just like to say to wrap up? I can't isolate my favourite one, but I did really enjoy the little interjections from Uncle and Auntie when Idris was making her first pass. The Doctor, <laughs> oh crazy lady, ho oh, oh, ho, no, he's, oh, she's a little bit mad. No, I, I really like that. And anything to say about the episode? Oh, it was just special. It was special. It was a special one. Alpha? There, there are two lines of dialogue, but they're both in the same scene. Where is the scene where he, he uh, the TARDIS goes? I can't think of the word. Dematerializes. Dematerializes. It's the scene where the TARDIS dematerializes and he says, um, I don't know what to do. That's, that's different. Um, but the bit that I wanted to pick out was the bit where he says to Idris, I'm a madman with a box without a box. <laughs> I love that bit. Um, other than that, I, I mean... Apart from budgetary constraints, which will always affect everything, I just thought it was visually stunning, acted brilliantly. And um, the I don't think I need to say anything else about the writing other than it was by Neil Gaiman. I've been waiting for him to do this since 1990. My favourite line is where um, Idris, having just become the TARDIS, runs up to the Doctor and she goes, My thief! Goodbye! No, it's the opposite of goodbye. <laughs> and she's like, you know, she's trying to remember what's the word for hello. <laughs> Obviously, the first time you see that, you don't realise that's what she's trying to do. But then looking back, you're like, oh, that was the point. Oh, that's sweet. Overall, I think Neil Gaiman and the team has given us a wonderful present. And I thank them all very much. 
I had loads, loads of lines of dialogue that I loved, like biting, being kissing, but someone wins, and the doctor loving beds because there's ladders as well. I think that's fantastic. I really, really laughed when the doctor said, "It's my TARDIS, but she's a woman," and Amy went, <laughs> "Did you wish really hard?" <laughs> <laughs> Which is a lovely little fairy tale touch. But um, yeah, I, well, I agree with all of you. There's. There's magic in this episode. There's magic and craft and truth. And for me, it was the perfect episode. It was the perfect episode for for me as a viewer, as a fan and as a person. I loved it unconditionally and always will. And I think that is, as you say, Laura, like very me. special. Oh. You are very special as well, yes. Yes. You weren't invented by Neil Gaiman too, were you? Maybe. <gasps> the Doctor's Guide to Cool Stuff. Bunk beds. Like normal beds, only with ladders. Bow ties. Bow ties are cool. They're like jazz hands for the neck. Claw hammers. These are brilliant. They're like regular hammers, but they have claws. Claws! What's not to like? Eye patches. Amazing! All the panache of a blindfold while still affording you the ability to see. You'll all be wearing them in the 60s. The 2060s. Terrapins. These are the best. Imagine being a tortoise and then seeing a terrapin. You'd be so jealous. They're sleeker and they can swim. Lovely. Tortoises are good too, though. Sporks. These are the best things in the universe. A fork you can eat soup with. I once saved an entire civilization using just a spork and a claw hammer and a terrapin. Cornflakes. All the taste of corn, none of the roundness. Lovely. Toast. It's like someone took bread and really kicked it up a notch. The Daily Mail. News for single-celled organisms. Remember, single-celled organisms are people too, although obviously they're not. Swordfish. Do I really have to explain this one? They're fish. Fish with swords for noses. What's cooler than that? Well, obviously fish with hammers for heads. But what's cooler than that? I'll tell you, nothing! Automatic doors. You don't have to take your hands out of your pockets. How cool is that? Take it from a time traveller. There's nothing more futuristic than doors that open with a pleasing little whoosh noise. Automatic pencil sharpener. Everyone who has to use a normal pencil sharpener, put your hand up. Oh no, you can't. You're using both of them to sharpen your pencil. Obviously, you're not as cool as me. Automatic tin opener. Basically, everything automatic is cool. I won't list all of them here, as I don't have the time. Well, I do, but you don't. You've got another 90 years max, except you, Stacey. You get a cyborg body in 2067. And an eye patch. Pen knife. Like a knife you can write with. Actually, is that how it works? It should be. The pen is mightier than the sword. And, as we've seen, the spork is mightier than the pen. One day I'll put everything in the universe in order of usefulness and coolness. Sonic screwdriver. I just used mine to save you from a paraxal mindworm through your audio system. You should be able to taste cinnamon again. You're welcome, but sit down and try not to think about prime numbers for at least ten minutes. They can't resist a good prime. You'll only get reinfected and have to listen to this part of the podcast again. The Oodcast. Like a normal podcast, but sillier. And there's a girl in it. That's got to count for something, right? Geronimo! Geronimo!
Okay, well, I hope that you enjoyed this episode, which has done nothing to dispel our reputation as just being incredibly positive about everything. <laughs> but uh, we'll, I think maybe next week we may be able to say I'm some not stuff. Sure. It looks different. Now the next week looks like it's going to scare me. From the writers of Fear Her. <laughs> no, it's going to be on. brilliant. It looks so writer, frightening. Writer. <laughs> no, come on, guys. Come on. I've got to say, it looks like a behind the sofa episode. Okay, well, um, uh, I hope everyone's enjoyed it. Speak to you soon. No, not speak to you. Just, you know, you can listen to us. Talk at you And you can be quiet. (laughs) I I think goodbye is what you're trying to reach for. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Hello.
The same four corners. I'm gonna float my soul away. See what happens when I try to stray. For I've been a wooden box too long. Oh no, it's all right. It's an ood. Ood's a good love an ood. Hello, ood. <laughs>